Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in studio today with Pastor Nick Plummer. And we are studying Vaishlak, which is the Torah portion he sent, which you can find in the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verse 4, through chapter 36, verse 43. And so uh, we are very excited about this Torah portion. I think that uh, this is going to be a packed podcast. We're going to try to keep it under 30 minutes today, and we will see how successful we are. eh? Hey, Pastor Nick? Oh, absolutely. You know, Vaishlak, he sent... <clears throat> this is Genesis chapter 32 and verse 4, all the way through chapter 36 and verse 43. Once again, you know, God declares the end from the beginning. So it's so important that we understand the book of Genesis and how it just plays out with the, with the patriarchs and the matriarchs. And, and of course, Jacob is considered a patriarch at this point, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we're going to get right into this Torah portion. It is exciting. And once again, uh, we are doing this podcast on Tuesday. Uh, this particular podcast, of course, will uh, we'll actually come to fruition this Friday night, this Shabbat, but we're a little bit ahead here. And so we're going to be looking at the reunion of Jacob and Esau after 20 years. Once again, uh, Jacob fled for his life from his uh, brother Esau because uh, Esau was going to kill him. I mean, it was a threat. He said, when when Isaac dies, when our father dies, I'm going to kill you. And Rebecca overheard this threat. And so she sent Jacob off, and for 20 years, uh, he was with, of course, with his uncle Laban, building a family with, with uh, Leah and Rachel and the kids, uh, which are actually turned into tribes. But um, what did Jacob tell his messenger to tell his brother Esau in Genesis 32, 4 He and told 5? them to grovel. He said, go and tell him, if I might find grace in yes, your sight. that I may find grace in thy sight. Wow, look, grace is in the Old Testament. Boy, that'll mess you up, won't it? So we, we see grace I'm in sorry, the Bible. did you just say grace is in the grace Old Testament? Grace is in the Old Testament. It's what? actually the Hebrew word chen, uh, C-H-E-N. It's uh, number 2580 in the Strong's Concordance. It means graciousness, kindness, or favor. <clears throat> this is what uh, J- really Jacob wanted from Esau. He wanted kindness and favor and graciousness from his brother for stealing uh, the blessing. Uh, we can see this example of grace in, of course, Noah. Noah found grace uh, in Genesis 6, 8. And so anyway, um, when the messengers returned to Jacob and told him Esau was coming to meet him with 400 men, what was his reaction? Wow. Well, uh, obviously, uh, he wasn't probably expecting so many people Um so 400 men is a lot. So he's afraid and distressed. That's a posse. That's an entourage. Yeah, he's got a lot of people. You see these boxers coming down, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they got like and a whole posse with them. they got the music playing. Yeah. They got the little entourage. And uh, so anyway. That's he, a good picture. I he, can see that. Yeah, he hears uh, Esau's coming with, with 400 men. Boy, he was greatly afraid and distressed. Now, this was not a vain imagination. No, but, no. But a fact. Yeah, Jacob, so Jacob he, ends up splitting them up, right? So Esau like, was coming, yeah, yeah, into two bands. He breaks his uh, well. Jacob splits his people into, into, two, into bands. two bands in Genesis thirty-two seven, and and of course you know why did he do that? Because if Esau smites one company, the other one will escape. Th- those were his reasons. In I Genesis think that's a good strategy. <clears throat> so you know, did Jacob remind God of the promise that was made about the seed that cannot be numbered? So 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 yeah. So okay. So what's going on here is he finds out that there's four hundred people along with his brother, and then he escapes to be alone to go and remind God 
So he's crying about out about the promise. Right, he's crying aren't, out about the promise. crying out about the promise, yeah. Ryan? And what is the promise? You know, I know in the, in the New Testament, it's epigelia. It right. means a divine assurance of good. So what we're seeing, Ryan, all over the world, we're seeing this, this, this uh, incredible move of, of non-Jews, Gentiles, coming back to the Torah, coming back to the Hebrews of the Christian faith, being grafted into the olive tree, and, of course, actually being a part of the commonwealth of Israel in Ephesians 2. So, so Paul was sent to the Gentiles to pull out a people for his name's sake. And so we can see this. But, you know, in verse 11 of Genesis 32, uh, Jacob actually says, you know, I fear him. Yeah. So, so you know, we have the promises of God. We speak the promises of God, but yet <clears throat> there's some, uh, you know, there's a little, there's a little inhibition there because, you know, uh, people will challenge you on that and, and not understand that or, mm-hmm. or take offense to that. You know, I thought Zach did a great job uh, in the tour portion in our service from last tour portion um, when he was uh, discussing it, talking about fear and how fear is basically putting anything uh, above the power of God, right? Because if and he's a, afraid, so the word fear means afraid, right? And it's the same word used in Genesis twenty two twelve. Abraham feared God. Yeah. So so it, it's a good response to see how could Abraham pull this off? He was going to sacrifice his only son Isaac between him and Sarah. Well, he feared God. Genesis twenty two twelve. You know, in First John four eighteen, it says that perfect love casteth out fear. And so this is the thing we need to remember that when we have perfect love, it will cast out fear. So, you know, uh, Jacob's got a plan. He's, he's come up with a plan to, to meet Esau and to do some things and put some things in motion. And so he wants to give him some presents. So, so uh, he sends him 200 she-goats, 20 he-goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milk camels with colts, uh, 40 kine, uh, 10 bulls, 20 she-donkeys, and 10 foals. And so Jacob was very wealthy. So he, he wants to give these presents uh, uh, to Esau from him. And it's interesting that as he, you know, stole the blessing, he wanted to kind of give a blessing back, I believe, you know, to make amends. And so <clears throat> he, he, he followed the presence. Uh, he let the presence go before him, and he stood back. Uh, and then, of course, he, uh, he allowed the presence to go forward to reach Esau. And uh, yeah, butt him up a little bit before he, he has to see it, him. Of course, before meeting Esau face-to-face, uh, he sent his family over a brook. Uh, this is where we uh, come up with the scene that uh, Jacob is by himself, and he is going to, of course, uh, he's going to wrestle uh, a man until daybreak. Mm. He's going to wrestle a man until daybreak. And, you know, we can see this as a theophany or a, even a manifestation <clears throat> or appearance of God. So he's wrestling this man until daybreak. What a wrestling match, you know? Yeah. And so uh, what did the man do to Jacob because he could not prevail against him? He hurt his hip. It's right. He touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. You know, and, I, was, uh, I was actually having a conversation with some folks this morning about about you know wrestling with God and whatnot, and how you know when you when you want to follow a leader, you want to follow a leader that that walks with a limp, that has some experience, that's been through it, and has come on to the right. other side victorious. And that's you know Jacob is literally walking with a limp now. And he's and he's actually you know he he Jacob wanted a blessing. Uh, before letting go of the man. He just would not let him go. So, you know, it's interesting that we, we go into Genesis 32, 28, and this is what um, the gentleman said that he was wrestling. Uh, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. 
See, Ryan, in the Hebrews of the Christian faith, we have to prevail against men and God. So mm. everything God puts in our path and that he wants us to do and learn, we need to prevail. We need to do it. We need to do it the right way. And we need to be at peace with all men if it be possible. But we're also going to have to prevail against mankind. You know, they're going to come against us. They're going to challenge us. But Israel means prince of God. It also means, and this is right out of the Strong's Concordance, Ryan. Check this out. He will rule as God. Wow. So what decisions are we making? If we are his representatives, yeah. if we're grafted into the olive tree as non-Jews, wild branches, shouldn't we be a better representation than what we're seeing in the movement today? I mean, so he will rule as God. So I think, um, prevailing I th- prince, co-ruler with God. I think there's a lot of depth to the name. I mean, Israel is, you know, from a literal standpoint, the mixture of two words. One is wrestle, right? And the other one is with, with God. And so and somebody who is, is, when you are Israel, you wrestle with God. And I think that there's some comfort in that to know that, you know, we all have to, to, to walk our, our, uh, our salvation out with fear and trembling, walk our faith out, that, that it's, nothing's going to be given to us, that we're going to have to fight for our faith, that we're going to have to get into the word, we're going to have to pray, we're going to have to do spiritual exercises in order to, um, to stay with God, right? We got to keep up. Oh, absolutely. Especially the times we're living in now, you know, it's just craziness. And so, you know... Um, Jacob called the name of the place where he wrestled with God, Penal, which means I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Mm-hmm. He's saying that he actually wrestled with God. So this theophany of this man was actually a picture of God. He, he wrestled with God. And so we, we know in the Bible no one has ever seen the face of God and lived, but, but he wrestled God. I thought that was kind of interesting. And he left this place with a limp. He really did in Genesis 32, 31. And... Um, so, so, you know, he's already settled his matters with Laban, his uncle, uh, slash father-in-law. He's moving down now. You know, he separated his family, and, and he's going to begin to separate uh, the family into two bands. He, he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. So Jacob gave more protection to Rachel and Joseph than the others. Mm. We see this in Genesis 33, 2. This is what he did. And we can see favoritism there that he wanted to preserve uh, Rachel and Joseph. So if, if Esau were to attack one of the bands, he was hoping that the other band could escape. Uh, and so, you know, think about what Jacob's doing. He's got a plan. He's doing all these things. He just wrestled with God. And so he, he's, going to, uh, he's going to bow down in front of his family before he came near to his brother seven times. Jacob was going to bow down in front of his family before he came near to his brother seven times. And, and the seven means completion. But he's also showing reverence uh, towards Esau, not worship. Uh, to bow down is, is, is even a form of worship. Yeah, and there's uh, even worship, cultures today that where worship, they bow to each other rather than shaking yeah, hands reverence. and stuff like that. Yeah. So here's, here's the good news in Genesis 33, 4. When Esau ran to meet God and embraced him, fell on his neck and kissed him, what did the two brothers do? When Jacob ran to meet Esau, um, yeah, he, he, they wept. They, I mean, they embraced each other and they wept. I mean, I think this is a, a great picture of reconciliation. Uh, for families, I think a lot of families can take a, an example of this. That um, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past. It, you know, we want to look forward to the future, and and when you come together, you can can weep. It says right here, Ryan, in in Genesis thirty four, and Esau ran to meet him, yeah, and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Wow, what a, what you know? That's pretty cool. I mean, Esau's running to Jacob to want to kiss his neck and, and, and yeah. just you know that that is a cool thing. You know, it and is cool. That's why we should always hope for our family, believe for our family. Pray for our family, you know. <clears throat> and so because of Jacob's persistence, did Esau take the presents? Yeah. You know, yeah, he did. You know, one other thought on that is, you know, uh, Jacob's fear was unfounded. 
you know, when he actually did see Esau, not only did Esau not kill him, but he also embraced him and they wept together. Probably Jacob out of like, praise God, <laughs> you're not trying to kill me. Right. Oh yeah. And Esau out of forgiveness. You know? I think I think so. So once again, you know, uh, you know, Jacob has a destiny. He's heard from the Lord. You know, he's done his time, twenty years with Laban. So when Esau wanted Jacob to journey with him, what was Jacob's excuse for not going with him in Genesis thirty three thirteen? Uh, you know, the children uh, and, and the herds, both, you know, the young children were tender and the, and the herds were young and he didn't want to push them too hard and end up, you know, losing the whole flock because right. they've already and traveled we, all that we, way. We know Esau's already established. He's got his, he's got his territory, geographically right. speaking. Right. But did Jacob allow Esau to go on ahead of him so that he could travel at a slower pace? Which was smart. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he did. Here's the next question uh, in Genesis 33:15. When Esau offered to leave some of his people with Jacob, did Jacob accept... Uh, no, he did not. No, you know, it's, it's interesting because Jacob has a destiny, you know, right. and, and he, there's this ag- agreement now. Jacob wanted closure. Well, and I think it's okay. I mean, Esau is his, his brother, right? It's his family. And it's okay to love him and to have relationship with him, but you don't necessarily have to commingle all your resources at this point, you know? He can have oh, his yeah. own it's separate... Just like, uh, like the Abraham and, of uh, Lot and Abraham, Abraham and Lot, yeah. were in a disagreement and they had to separate... You know, there was a contrast between Jacob and Esau because Jacob knew the promise and wanted to pursue his destiny. So uh, when Esau returned to Seir, where did Jacob go and what did he do when he got there? Well, he went to his place called Sukkot and built a house along with booths for his cattle. So he's going to be setting up shop for a little bit there. He, he, he built a house along with booths for his cattle. And uh, I find this very interesting that there was this conflict mm-hmm. and he goes to Sukkot after it's resolved. Right. We can see this played out when the children of Israel had a conflict in Egypt. So they come out of Egypt and from Ramses after the 10 plagues, right. yeah. <clears throat> and they go to Sukkot. That's good. And so what's happening is we're seeing a lot of conflict in our own lives today, but God is going to deliver us to Sukkot. Yeah. And that's what, even before Sukkot, you have a conflict called the Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. It's where the golden calf incident took place. And to commemorate that, they have the two goats. One goat is offered up to, to, you know, sanctify and make the holy place holy again, to cleanse the holy place. And the other one is the sins of the people are put on that goat, and it's sent out to a dry place. So we got to remember something. So, so Esau returns to Seir, and Jacob's going to go and find his, his inheritance. Everybody sees that. So as we continue to witness the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel, Hallelujah. we have to be reminded of our families. Amen. Some want to go on the journey. And some do not. Mm. Once again, it's active versus inactive. We want to be an active family for God. But some of our family members are inactive. They don't want to go with us. And I would like to point out two examples. Once again, uh, Jacob's uncle Laban uh, and father-in-law in Genesis 31, 55, it said that he went back to his place. Mm-hmm. See, everyone has a place they want to go to, and we have a place that we want to go sure. to. So Laban wanted to go to his place. And then also in the future here, as we go into the book of Exodus coming out of uh, you know, e- Egyptian bondage with the children of Israel. Uh, Moses is going to have his father-in-law in Exodus eighteen twenty-seven. Mm, he's yeah. going to go back to his place. Jethro, he right. does not go on the journey with them. So once again, not everybody wants to go on the journey, and that will preach. No, and I guess I guess not everybody wants to be in covenant with God. And so we know that that Jacob is in covenant with God. His God has changed his name to Israel. Um, and that the covenant people become their 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 name becomes the people of Israel or the children of Israel. And so if you're smart and you want to be in covenant with God, then rather than attaching yourself to some other group of people and going your own way, you'll attach yourself to Israel. 
Right. I think that's a great thing because mm-hmm. now what's going to happen is when Jacob moved on to Shalem, a city of Shechem, what did he buy and how much was it? Genesis 33, 19. Yep. He bought a, a, a parcel of a field there for 100, uh, well, I guess 100 pieces of money. Correct. I don't know. What he got the, some real estate, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Wow. There's like a transaction there, a land deed there. So this is another example of an actual land deed in the Bible. So we talked about that with Abraham when he purchased uh, the cave of Machpelah, and now here in Shechem is another land deed. That's right. So who did Jacob buy the parcel of a field from? Uh, the children of Hamor. Um, the children of Hamor? Shechem's father. Yeah. Right. Shechem's father. So here's another story, another subject matter that we're going to go into now, another circumstance that, that wasn't um, very good. So, so when Dina, the daughter of Leah, went out, whom did she go to see? Genesis uh, thirty four one. It was it was the daughters of the land. So she she met some some ladies That's her right. age. She's she's got a, a mixed company and a contrast though. Yep. And so she ran out with them. You know they went That's out right. to experience the That's uh, right. the nightlife or whatever. So um, just to give you the uh, the rest of the story here, we'll we'll get through this um, anyway. So uh, Shechem, the son of Hamor the Heavite, the prince of the country, he he saw Dina, he took Dina, he laid with Dina, and he defiled Dina. He defiled her. You know, and uh, he really, he really uh, wanted Dina. You know, and so he uh, he he said, "Get me this damsel to wife." You know, mm-hmm. well, and that's that's actually uh, what he wanted his father to do. Get me this damsel to wife, father. I want this woman to be my wife. Which is an example of somebody who might have had okay intentions, but went about it the wrong way. Absolutely. So anyway, when Hamar, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob and the sons of Jacob heard what had happened to their sister, boy, they were grieved and they were wroth. They were grieved at the same time and wroth. They were angry in Genesis 34, 7. And so once again, that's just something to think about. Now, after Hamar, the father of Shechem, offered many things for Dina's hand in marriage to Jacob for his son, what did Jacob's son agree to do in Genesis 34, 15? So, uh, well, deceitfully, all right, they devised a plan to tell them all if, you know, you have to be like us in order to be, in other words, you have to get into covenant or at least have the symbol of covenant in order to be able to marry our daughters and for us to be able to marry your daughters, right? So you have to be like right, us. Right, so give their sister Dina in and marriage so, if all the males circumcise Right, themselves. so if they would get circumcised, um, but obviously this was... Right, so I just want to point this out so, so everybody understands listening. In Genesis thirty four thirteen. And the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor his father deceitfully and said because he had defiled Dina their sister. So they, they, uh, they answered Shechem deceitfully. So they had a plan that they were going to do right. and that they were actually going to uh, implement. And so we can, we can see that as well. And uh, also, just to let you know, in verse 23, uh, it says here that uh, Hamor... Uh, the father of, of, of Shechem were deceitful as well. It says here, Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them, and they will dwell with us. Notice what he's saying there. He's asking the question, Shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? See, so they were being deceitful. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's do this marriage, and we can get everything they have. Yeah. It can be ours too. So that's, that's, I think that's a little deceitful, uh, if you ask me. And, uh, and, so, and so what did Simeon and Levi do to all the males of the city on the third day after the men were circumcised? Something very frustrating. Uh, they ended up waiting till they were weak after being circumcised, and they went with swords, and they, they killed them. They, they slew, slew all them. the males with a sword. You're right. Which is, which is very wrong. 
Right. Obviously. And we don't have time to, to get into all the cross references, but you can check out Genesis 49, verses 5 through 7. Uh, Jacob's blessing is actually in regard uh, to these uh, two tribes and, and, their, and what they pulled off and what they did. And it's a little more uh, uh, detailed there, but it doesn't seem like much of a blessing to me. But he says as a result of this, I guess the blessing was that he would scatter them throughout, throughout Israel. And so, you know, uh, Jacob, he took all the possessions and the children and the wives and the spoil of the city. That's what the sons of Jacob did. They took all the possessions, children and, and wives and spoil of the city. And, uh, and, and Jacob, he, he was afraid of the inhabitants of the land of Canaan for what Simeon and Levi did. He was afraid. Once again, he was afraid. You know, here he is surrounded by enemies, surrounded by different ethnic groups and cultures and, and clans and tribes and all these things going on, all these different ites, Shechemites yeah. and everything. And so, once again, he's afraid again. Yeah, Simeon and Levi put a, put a stain on their family, and they ended up having to move. That's know? it. You know, so, so where did God tell Jacob to go after the event of the death of Hamor and Shechem? Bethel. The house of God. Yep. Go to Bethel. Isn't that interesting? And so anyway, now this is something that we need to think about as well as we're, we're moving progressively quickly through this particular Torah portion. But it's kind of like who came out with the children of Israel out of Egypt, not only Egyptians, but a mixed multitude. Right. A bunch of different ethnic groups actually came out with the children of Israel. Matter of fact, it's been stated that those are the ones that gave Israel the hardest time or Moses the hardest time. And the reason why I say this is because now the Shechemites, they said here they took their possessions, the children, the wives, and the spoil of the city. Right. Well, look what Jacob does. What did Jacob ask his household and all who were with him to do before arriving in Bethel? Well, he asked him to do three things. Uh, put away the strange gods. He asked them to be clean, and he asked them to change their garments. See, so when you start hanging around unwise associations or the wrong people, you're going to start to collect things or have some things. And I would call this actually a personal uh, spiritual audit is, is what I would, I, would call, I would call that. And, uh, and so why didn't the inhabitants of the land pursue Jacob and his sons after what they had done? Uh, well, at this point, they had just killed a bunch of people, so I'm sure they were afraid of him. It says that the terror of God was upon the cities. Wow. So see, the fear of Israel, the fear of Jacob and his family uh, came upon them. And, and that's very, very interesting. Um, once again, something to note here. Uh, here's another question in Genesis 35.8. Where was Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, buried? What was the name of the place? Uh, Alone Bakoth, uh, which is under, uh, in an, under an oak in Bethel. So here we have uh, Deborah, which was Rebecca's nurse, with Jacob and his family. Now, that, that's an interesting question. I mean, and so, yeah, buried, buried beneath Bethel under the oak, and it was called Alon Bakuth. Um, in uh, Genesis 35.10, we move forward here. God, once again, it confirms Jacob's new name. What was the new name, Ryan? Israel. Israel. You know, in the Dake's annotated Bible, uh, it makes mention that uh, it's just another resource Bible, but uh, the name Israel, it says, is found 2,565 times in the Bible. Wow. That's a lot. Now, in Genesis 35.11, it says this, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Hmm. Wow. He, he's going to be fruitful, and he's going to be a nation. That is awesome. So here's what's interesting. You know, uh, It says a nation, and then separately, and a company of nations. So there will be a single nation, and then there will be another group that is a company of nations. Which is very interesting, you know. Just and then he says, in, of course, Genesis 35, 12, in the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee I will give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give 
the land. Once again, the land is the first thing promised to Abraham. That's awesome. It, it's just it's just the way it is. You know, uh, they say that like Jerusalem and prophecy is the second hand on the on the prophecy clock. You know, yeah. So so we could see things uh, actually happening here as, as we move forward. Uh, so so who died while giving birth to a son? Uh, Rachel. Rachel, his beloved wife, the one he loved so much. And so anyway, yes, she gave. So she, what what name was given him by his mother? Uh, she wanted to name him Benoni, which is Benoni, what son of my sorrow, son of my sorrow. Mm-hmm. But but what did Jacob name his son? And Jacob, praise God, stepped in and said, "Nope, it'll be son of my right hand, Benjamin." That's awesome, you know. Now I, I want to remind everyone that Benjamin was the only son, or the Benjamites, the only tribe born in the land of Israel. I think it's a picture of Christ. I think it's a picture of Yeshua. Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, because Ben-Oni, the son of my sorrow, Jesus came and he suffered the first time. Uh-huh. He's like the suffering, you know, uh, the servant. Suffering servant yeah. And now he's going to come and rule and reign the son of my right hand. Amen. I mean, I love that, you know. And of course, we know that Paul, the apostle Paul, was from the tribe of Benjamin. So Benjamin and Joseph were brothers. Huh. And I, I find it interesting that Joseph saved Benjamin's life from the famine. You know, and and so I believe that Benjamin is returning the favor to the house of Joseph, uh, to the non-Jews, to those that are scattered through Paul's ministry. Through yeah, Paul's yeah. ministry yeah. to say, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be having a family reunion here. So where was Rachel buried? Uh, in Ephrat, which is uh, Bethlehem. That's so. right, Bethlehem, Bethlehem. And uh, of course, we have another little situation that happened in this Torah portion. So many circumstances that aren't really good. <clears throat> but, the, of course, the family's moving on in the promises. You know, uh, Reuben, uh, of course, uh, he laid with Bilhah, which was uh, Rachel's handmaid. He laid with her, and, uh, and, and he was the firstborn. And so that was a mark against him, and he lost the firstborn preeminence uh, after that. Yeah, he, which, I mean, goes what? Reuben, Simeon, and Levi. So all three of the first three firstborns screwed up. Yeah, they really did. And they blew it. And it just goes to show you, Ryan... Uh, how God can show mercy to whom he wants to show mercy to. But but did Jacob finally arrive at his father Isaac's house, and where was it located? Uh, yes, he did, and it was located in... Mamre. Mamre. The city of Arba, yep. which is Hebron Which is today. Hebron, yep. Isn't Hebron very interesting? A lot of history with the Jewish people in Hebron, even going back to, to Abraham. Yeah, what's interesting, the UN says that uh, it's they take away all the Jewish history of Hebron. It says it's a Palestinian... Uh, Heritage site. Right. I thought that was interesting. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> now, now, how old was Isaac when he died in Genesis 35, 28? He was uh, 104 score, 180 years old. 180 years of age. Now, this is interesting. Remember, Esau threatened to kill Jacob after right. his father died. Yeah. So who buried Isaac in Genesis 35, 29? Who buried Isaac? Jacob and Esau together. And Esau didn't have any action against Jacob, did he? Right. It was just kind of like uh, Isaac and Ishmael, right? Absolutely. I mean, so so that's good news. Mm-hmm. That really, really is, you know, uh, in this particular story. Um, in the beginning of chapter 36, uh, we have the generations of Esau mentioned. Genesis 36, 1 through verse uh, 43, where we, of course, get the uh, Edomites. Okay. And this is where, of course, we have even uh, Herod. Uh, Edomian, you know, he, he, he came from that. Uh, also, it's been brought to my attention, we don't have time to get into all of it, but in verse 12 of chapter 36 of Genesis, and Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son, and she bare to Eliphaz Amalek. Oh, These were the sons of 
Adah Esau's wife. Once again, Amalek is a shady character. He's not a good character. Now, I find it interesting, once again, as you go back and look at the active column versus the inactive column in the Bible stories. So you'll see where the family's active, and then you'll see an inactive column, meaning that you'll just get the genealogies. I just want to point out an example here. Uh, Nahor's family in Genesis 22 verses 20 through 24, as Abraham is an active participant in God's plan and fulfilling this plan, he mentions Nahor's family genealogy. Mm -hmm. But once again, it's inactive. There's nothing really going on there. Another example would be, of course, Ishmael's family line, which is actually found in Genesis 25, verses uh, 12 through 18. And we know that, uh, you know, Ishmael uh, has a plan and some things going on. But but I just wanted to kind of point that out. And, And so who is... Esau, the father of, at the end of chapter 36. The Edomites. The Edomites. The Edomites. I mean, and so once again, we are running into some incredible, credible stories, Ryan. And this is going to lead us all the way up. It to is, Joseph, man. To Joseph. You know, when I, when I look at this Torah portion as a whole, the, you know, the, the meat and potatoes, the heart of it, I look at as Jacob wrestles with God and God changes his name to Israel. Um, I think that all of us need to look at that with encouragement and that example and say, you know, if I have concerns or questions about my faith or the Bible or doctrine or anything, that I need to take it to God. And that God, I can, I can wrestle with him and that through the Holy Spirit, he'll show me. That's right. That's right. And that he'll lead me. And that I may not walk out of that unscathed, but I'm going to walk out of it with more blessing and better off than I started with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with a new name. Amen. All right, folks, you heard it here. Vaishlak, the tour portion uh, he sent. Uh, what an awesome tour portion. What a lot to learn and what great examples for us to, to look at and to examine and apply to our lives. Uh, as always, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can get us online at topraise.net through the Contact Us tab, or you can go uh, uh, to the email at info at topraise.net or call the office at 813 654 2222. Uh, and also, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or on the podcast app on your iPhone or on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review, five stars. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Help us get the message out there. Uh, we pray for all of you guys uh, every week. We thank you um, at our prayer services on Mondays. And so we thank you listeners for, uh, for listening. Uh, in Jesus' name, have a great week. <laughs>